All right. We got a winner. Oh, we got a winner. We got a winner. And they're off to the Laurel Park opener. Racing at Goldstream. And uh, we're off. And they're off. It's been another week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week, The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is The Magic Mike Show, episode 346. Mr. Samich. Huzzah. We're still not heavy all the way back. <laughs> heavy fog canceling Aqueduct final race today. That pick six carrying over to tomorrow. And also, uh, it, you know, the heavy fog still going on in Mike Samich's brain. But we're happy that you're here. Happy to have you. How you doing, buddy? What a wild move from Aqueduct, right? I mean, they canceled the pick six, which means it carries over. They didn't do it the race before, so they get all the wagering money from that. And now they get 25% takeout on another pick six carryover on their next racing day. Like, sneaky genius, but man, if I was the person, because there was one person, I'm assuming, alive, uh, to the whole pool, $139,000, uh, to the favorite and the second favorite, which were clearly the best two horses in the race, <laughs> I would be a little pissed off at Naira right now. Just saying. <laughs> a little pissed off. Well, listen, the we weren't those people, so piss yeah. on them. It's, the rest of us can get that carryover money tomorrow. No, I'm just kidding. It, it is kind of shitty, but... Um... Listen, we're not worrying about that. We're worrying about Stronic 5. It's kind of a, an interesting weekend. We've got the Holy Bull stakes kind of running everything at Gulfstream Park and lots of stakes action. But if you want all that information, go get the inside track to the Holy Bull stakes wagering guide. It's available now at racenews.com. Mike and I, we're covering Stronic 5 Friday. Mike, for people who are our listeners, maybe they're not so familiar with why this is a really good sequence for horse players. Talk about why it's so beneficial. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we love the Stronic Five. Um, it's a five-race sequence across the country, and it's quick, which is nice. So it's not your traditional pick five where you got to wait 30 minutes between each race. Uh, a little bit shorter here where you're going you're gonna to get about 10, 15 minutes between each race. You get the whole sequence done in an hour and a half. On top of that, dollar denomination, which I love. I've talked about quite a bit why I like these higher denomination pick threes, pick fours, and pick fives. Uh, they really eliminate people from being able to go all. Your tickets get really expensive really fast if you don't <laughs> single. Um, so it really makes you shorten some legs, and I think it, it creates uh, – it, it makes long shots more valuable in these sequences versus when you're playing a 50 cent or a 20 cent denomination. And finally, uh, the takeout is muy bueno. What is it? It's, it's either 12% or 15%. I think it's 12. 15%. Oh, it's 12? 12? Yeah. There we go. 12%. Muy bueno, like I said. So it's a, a very low takeout. One dollar denomination makes it nice. And then you got the excitement of just flying through it because it's, it's happening so fast. So all around a good bet. Um, challenging handicapping wise because you go from you know, really low level horses at, at Laurel. You go onto the synth at Gulfstream. You end yeah. with from four thousand NX two and and NL two horses from Golden Gate. Um, so yeah, a little bit, a uh, little bit kooky. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, it, it's the you kind of you stole my thunder. I was gonna talk about that. How we go from like we got sixteen k maidens at Laurel. We end with four k downwards two lifetime at Golden Gate, and somewhere in between we could see the actual Kentucky Derby winner if you have a high opinion enough of one of those horses. Uh, a really crazy sequence, and that's that, that big Gulfstream race is why I wanted to do this. I 
Like I saw that the American icon ironworks, all those horses were going to be part of this. I was like, we've got to do it. That's a, that race alone is equally, if not more exciting than any of the races we'll see Saturday. So, um, you all, you have everything great with starting five, the full pool uh, pays out, which is really nice. I think Mike said, there's no carryover unless uh, it doesn't go untouched, which I think with this sequence, Mike, it's probably going to get hit. So we don't have to worry about that. But yeah. before we get into it real quick, best thing you saw this week, other than the, the, uh, the nice show that we had honoring you yesterday. I don't even know, man. Uh, <laughs> I am so wildly unprepared for this because I was the reason we were late today. I was handicapping That's tomorrow right. and trying to figure out this aqueduct track because the bias completely flipped uh, from last weekend to today. Uh, best thing I saw, let's go with the All-Star game. Uh, my boy Jordan, Jordan Cairo is going to be in the fastest skater competition. Nice. Which is one of my favorite competitions. Uh, so excited about that. And then they're supposedly doing some like trick shot stuff on the Vegas Strip, which I also think will be pretty cool. Um, so I'm excited to see kind of what they do with that. Interesting that we have both the All-Star game for the NHL and the NFL in Vegas on the same weekend. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see if they do any crossover trick shot competitions. That'd be incredible. Um, I forgot they were in Vegas for it. Do you know who owns the NHL record for the single lap speed from specifically the NHL fastest skater competition? I wouldn't be shocked if it's like Fedorov or... Ooh, you're on the right team. You're way too early. It's actually Dylan Larkin, our captain. Did it in 2016. 13.17 seconds uh, doing a full lap on the ice rink. That's fucking flying. Isn't that when he cheated, though? Wasn't he <laughs> the one who got like a half-step jump? Semantics, Michael. It is officially on record. I don't, actually don't remember that one. I remember after it happened. Um, you would remember, honestly. You'd remember that one better. Uh, I always liked that one. And then the uh, back when Al McInnes was playing for St. Louis uh, for a decade or so, the slap shot competition, just how how it, was, it wasn't just a competition, really. It was more how fast will Al McInnes slap a puck and everybody else can try, too, because that dude would do 104, 107. And, like, if you're a goalie, how are you not shitting your pants when you're just like, oh, God, every time that puck goes flying by? Uh, it's, it's scary, man, especially as a Blues fan watching him on the power play for all those years. It was an absolute blast, pun intended, uh, to see him just loaded up nice. from the point. So, yeah, it was, it was wildly enjoyable. I always liked the, the accuracy competition with the foam uh, targets that just explode when the puck nails. Yes. Them. I thought that was kind of fun. I had a, a net growing up where I had a goalie with those four corners open. Yeah. So that I could shoot right into him. I used to pretend I was in that accuracy competition and I, I would always dominate, of course. <laughs> I don't know about you. I had a similar setup, but I think mine was pretty cheap and it didn't, um, it didn't go all the way down to the ground. So like, I, like if I didn't flip it, it just would score, but it rolled just underneath yeah. like lazily. Real annoying on that one. But I had I had something like that too. It's it, yeah, the, the targets they explode like the Randy Johnson bird that he yeah. hit with the fastball that one time. Just poof, it's like well, there used to be a bird there, and now there's not. Yeah. Um, pro, pro tip: you put a two by four on, on the bottom of the, the net. All right, let me get in a time machine and go back 26 <laughs> years and tell myself that things. <laughs> Uh, I'll remember that for Colson when, uh, not if, but when we start teaching him, I start teaching him hockey. His mom's very much against it, but I'm like, listen, it, it, he's not going to get concussions like football. He'll lose some teeth, but the concussions, the rest of his head is fine. Just ignore the, ignore the pearly whites there. Uh, best thing that I saw, and you and I, we, we uh, off air talk about this a lot. We have differing opinions. I still love what's happening with Boba Fett, um, but I will say the latest episode of Boba Fett, uh, if you were not ingrained into like all the animation and the lore and like the real deep diving shit, if you're just watching the show be and trying to enjoy it because that's kind of what should happen here, I don't know how much you would have enjoyed it, but there was so much Star Wars in that episode of Star Wars, and I loved it as a Star Wars fan. I talked to other big fans, but I'm curious what your take was because you aren't as ingrained in that and I'm just curious what you thought. 
I mean, it, it feels like they wrote four episodes of the show. They decided it was shit and started to make Mandalorian season 2.5. And then they're going to bring in all of the characters that everyone loves to try and make it seem like everyone thinks it's good. <laughs> I think that's really the, the, the best way to describe it. It's great two episodes. Yes. Not the show that I was watching for the first four. Like, so I'm not really sure what I watched for the first four. Thanks for wasting my time. Could have just fast forwarded to this. It was like it, it was like really good fan fiction is what I told my wife. It's like yeah. somebody wrote really good fan fiction about yeah. what happened with Boba Fett. I what I hate honestly the the thing that I hate the most about the show is that the trailers sold us that this was going to be Sopranos in space. Like he's going to yeah. be a gangster and become a criminal empire and build this whole thing. We we got one episode left. We have seen jack shit of that. We we've got one episode left and we're supposed to have a whole war. We haven't had a war yet. We're supposed to do that one episode. Yeah. His, his army is, is for, like, Lego characters that are on <laughs> neon scooters, uh, two people who don't speak English. Uh, the, two, uh, the two green pigs. Don't yeah. forget the green pigs. Well, that, those are two that don't speak English. Chewbacca, oh. <laughs> like, or Chewbacca, I think it was. Black Chewbacca, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, and now Mandalorian is pulling in some townspeople that just got dusted by an assassin. Like, there, there's no war here. Uh, this is ridiculous. I have I have a lot of issues with this show, but we're a horse racing show, so we're not going to go through into that. Uh, glad to hear Jared had a day at Gulfstream. Earth, the second time in a row, man. That's awesome. Way to go. Um, yes, and the outside was money at Aqueduct today. It was wild how many horses were able to come from, from behind, especially since you had a golden rail that was all speed, and now it's like a golden, I don't know, opposite of rail, middle of the track, eight path. Um, yeah. It's kind of crazy there. The popcorn then, lane, right? That's the lane you go down if you want some popcorn from the stands. Yep. Lots of high fives could be given out to the fans yes. today if you could there see you go. them going through the fog. <laughs> uh, and Sam Houston did, did uh, close tonight, but luckily, you know, for us degenerates, we've got uh, a pick five carryover at our buddy Charlestown, which, by the way, is 12% takeout. Um, so we're going to cover a couple races from there and then cover Charlestown's pick five during uh, Good Chuck, Bad Chuck. Good Chuck, Bad Chuck on the Equine Edge uh, YouTube channel, which it's you and Brady Klotz. And I'm sure uh, there'll be a lot of your fans from that show will be excited to hear about your NHC and Brady will want to talk about that. But like Mike said, we are a horse racing show. Let's get into the Stronic Five. Five races to cover coast to coast. Lots of fun. Riders up. All right, Mike, kicking off Friday, Stronic 5 sequence. We're going to Laurel Park for race 8 on their card. Actually, their last race of the day for them, and this is a field of nine maiden three-year-old uh, males going a one-turn dirt mile. They're in for a $16,000 tag unless you want to take the weight allowance. You see that here with the eight-horse made to be lucky. Already with the bug, let's throw an extra few weight, a few pounds off there to try and get home at 30-1. to one. Uh, Your favorite, 8-5, to five, is the seven pit stop man. Looking at this field and, and handicapping him, like I think he's going to be a hell of a lot shorter than that, and it's actually what kept me from singling him. I do love him, but I'm I'm going to go too deep here. What about you? Yeah, it's the reason I singled him. Um, okay, I I just don't want to go too deep if I'm using a horse. I think it's going to be three to five, and the three to five shots my top pick, and I think the three to five likely wins seventy percent of the time, which means that the price is about right at three to five. Um, so I, I wanted to get around the favorite, but because of the dollar nomination and I'm going to spread a little bit in every other leg, basically, um, I decided that I am going to single the seventh pit stop man here. It's not creative, but it's one of those situations where it's probably the best horse probably has a pace advantage. When you combine those two at low levels in horse racing, usually they're pretty tough to beat. I watched that replay, uh, his last race, he got stuck inside. There was a four horse pace. He lost a little bit of ground and then he kind of rerouted him and had the lead a little bit, and then he just ended up getting run down by a long shot, but it was kind of a case. Uh, it reminded me of the Lacombe stakes a little bit in the sense that you have Epicenter, who's going and going, getting pressured, and he's fine, and then some damn long shot comes and catches him right at the wire. 
And something you taught me a long time ago, Mike, when you see uh, a horse get caught in a pace duel and finish second, where do the other uh, pace horses go? There's three of them. They finished fifth, sixth, and last in that field. Uh, combine the fact that you, that was at Aqueduct, and now we move yep. to Laurel. I think it's easier for him. I, I, I'm a, I understand why you were singling him. I did use the one, uh, blame it on the fun, at eight to one, because I think that this horse is a little sneaky. The breeding says this horse should be going at least a mile. He's by blame. Uh, he's stretching out after going five and a half, six furlongs, takes a small claiming price drop. That last race, he actually caught a really speed favoring track in the return from a layoff, and then he was, you know, obviously running too short. So I think stretching him out is going to be beneficial. I like the main seven pound allowance here with a bug boy. Again, the seven, very strong favorite. If you want to see him, I'm not going to blame you. I just think that blame it on the funds got a little bit of a sneaky upside there at eight to one. Did you see the three prices he went off it in his three races? Did Remind you me. Find a chance. Oh uh, yeah, forty nine to one, forty eight to one, and one oh four to one. So you get a slight, uh, slightly worse price here today <laughs> uh, on the one. And that was one of the yeah. main reasons that I kind of stayed away from there. I get the angle of, of the idea of stretching out. Um, sprint to route, especially for a horse that probably should have been routing the whole time anyway. Um, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see where this horse is. I, I feel like you have to be in first or second to be able to win if you're on this horse, uh, especially short, like with a stretch out from six furlongs to a mile. So I'd be interested to see kind of where Blame It on the Fun ends up running. If I did go too deep here, I actually mm-hmm. wouldn't use the four money code. I'm a little more interested in the five horse. Oh man, Eskin Kalua. We're going to Eskin Kaluka. Um, should have seen the name before I even brought it up. <laughs> you uh, should have just picked a different horse. You know, it's uh, just because of the name. I'm going to go with the four because I can say money code. <laughs> yeah, money code's <laughs> a lot easier. Um, <laughs> here, like this is that's a horse that to me, okay, you have a race on the synthetic that probably is good enough to win. The race prior to that improved second, improved for second time out, improved third time out, has gone two turns. I, I, to me, there's enough with the five that I could make a, a case for it if you really are against the seven. But I feel like I'm reaching to try and get to like a six to one shot when I like the three to five, the eventual three to five favorite in this race. So that's why I end up singling pit stop, man. But if I did go too deep, it was, it would be the five horse. If you, uh, if you were to guess here, sorry, I thought that the way that you ended up, I thought you were going to keep it. I was going to say the name again. I decided not to. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Uh, if, if you were going to take a guess, uh, cause you brought up the fact that the one is gone off at very high odds, all three races, what do you think he actually goes off at? Because you bring up a great point. Eight to one, is that more a testament that this is just a much t- more terrible field than what he's facing without being able to look at who he faced before, really? Yeah, I mean, well, you look through it. The two is awful. The three is awful. The four is like a mile behind in every race. So you're, you're having mm-hmm. to come from behind against a, a, a speed horse. The five, I think, is a little intriguing. Um, the six is awful. The eight is awful. The nine is awful. <laughs> So, I, I mean, I bet you get around 12 to 1, 13 to 1. You're going to float up a little bit because of the money the seven's going to take. I think the five takes a little bit of money. I think the four takes a little bit of money. But outside of those three, um, I wouldn't bet your your money on any horse in this field, right? Like, that, it's like I, not based on the form. Now, you know, if you know something or if you kind of want to take a shot with, like, the nine, I guess you could take a shot with the nine. But, uh, I mean, I just don't see too much on paper in this race. And so, because of that, I mean, all these factors, why I'm singling the seven, I, I like, I would love to make a case for a long shot. I'd love to tell you to beat the seven. I just don't think it's possible in this spot. Let's move on to the second leg of uh, Friday's. I keep on saying Saturday. Friday's, Friday's Astronic 5. We're going on the Tapita, but we're not going to Golden Gate quite yet. We're actually going to Gulfstream for race eight on their card. Field of eight three-year-old Phillies going a mile and 70 yards. Two turns at Gulfstream. Starter allowance for Phillies who started for 16K or less. Not winners of two other than not counting the claiming. And it actually is going to play into a horse that I love here. But your favorite is the number six ready to film at three to one. 
And it's a little odd to me, Mike, because she's the three to one favorite in this field, but she doesn't have Tapita form. She's got nice form coming in, but it's Tampa turf form. She's got to face five rivals in this race who've all been on the surface before. Three of them have won on it. So to me, this feels like a vulnerable favorite and I'm playing against her, but I'm going to defer to the master on the final word. Look, I used her. Um, I, I used her because Paco picks up the mount for Bennett. Uh-huh. Bennett's a good trainer at Tampa, knows what he's doing. You're also taking a, a what I believe is a, a decent dra- drop in class here. I, I don't think it's a, a parallel. I think this is because this is kind of the lowest level non claimers they have on the Tapita at Gulfstream, uh, the $16,000 level. We're dropping in from $35,000, $32,000 races over at Tampa and $75,000 allowance right before that. Um, I also think that the trip here is going to be very beneficial for ready to film. You mentioned horses that have won over the Tapita course. You're right. There are quite a few. But if you look at like War of Ages, who I'm not going to use, I, I'm guessing you are, one going five and a half furlongs on the lead, right? Um, that type of horse is one that I'm not really as interested in because of the difference this Tapita course plays going five and a half versus going two turns. So I think that Paco is actually going to get a pretty good trip with tactical speed be able to kind of swing out wide and run down the middle of the track, which is exactly the trip you want. And there's a sneaky amount of speed in this spot too. Um, The one, the three, and the five, I think all are going to contest for the early lead, and that's going to set it up for the rest of the field. So you went three deep, and we talked all about the one horse that we didn't agree on, but we agree on the other two, and that includes my top pick in this race, and that's the eight, who I got to scroll down to get on the field, uh, screen here. Amazing Queen, Mike gives me the thumbs up. Eight to one. Uh, Mike, I love all price horses pretty much in this race, and she's eight to one. I feel like we're getting a great a great number there. She's got back-to-back solid efforts, but hard fought. Like she, You can tell this horse has got a lot of heart. It's over this course and distance, routing on the tapita. First time, she loses by a half length. Second time, she wins by a head. She gets claimed out of that. She goes to Theranos. It's a barn that's hitting at 15% with over 100 uh, sample size. So a barn that is consistently strong on synthetic. This horse has beaten multiple rivals that she's going to face in here, uh, who neither of us are, are really considering that strongly. And then she comes from off the pace. So I'm not really worried about this outer draw. And we're getting Junior Alvarado. All good points, all things to me that are saying this horse could run well. Did I miss anything for you? The uh, only other thing is third off a layoff and, and the difference we've seen on this horse going two turns on the tapita versus going one turn on the dirt. Like you can completely draw a line through those previous three races. And if this, this is her third start of her career and all you saw was those two races, I bet she's close to the favorite in this race. Let's also talk about uh, the four horse, Kagua. I'm going to guess that's how you say it. Uh, nine to two, uh, third choice on the morning line. Last time out, finally gets the win and she's been running a long time especially for being early in her three-year-old season. So the question is, was it finally just her time? She met enough bad horses that haven't won yet. Was it the Lasix? She's getting Lasix here again. I'm going to say maybe it was the Lasix. Maybe just, you know, sometimes the light bulb switches on for the horses. So if it was the Lasix, she'll definitely do well here. I like that Castellano is going to keep them out. Uh, clearly, she likes the surface, which can be a question mark for some of the others here. So uh, she is coming from off the pace. And you mentioned you think there's a lot of sneaky speed in here. So if the pace melts down, this horse is going to come flying late. Yeah, I think that the, the distance is helpful for her too, the mile and 70 yards. Uh, the, the worst race of her, of her series here was that mile and 16th last time out, or two back. Um, in that race, she lost to two of them in here, but that was at the mile and 16th. They went a little bit slower up front, a little bit harder for her to close from all the way in the back of the pack and get up. Um, if you look at that last race, she won at mile and 70 yards, and the one two back at mile and 70 yards, both times she hit the lead. Um, and she just kind of made the move way too early under Betancourt, three back. Last time, Castellano made a great move on her going three wide. Um, and she had trouble four back. I mean, she was steadying on heels in the turn. So you have excuses in these these earlier races. And, I mean, I, I mentioned this um, when we were doing – when I was doing Red Bull Rewind, 
Castellano might be the best jockey right now outside of Saez over this course. I mean, he has done a wonderful job. And maybe it's because he naturally just ends up three wide on every horse. And, <laughs> and it just plays to it. And it plays two, well to it. You know? Just go back to Aqueduct where you, you want to go eight wide, man. There you go. If you watch Castellano's wins, they're three and four wide rolling down the middle of the course. Um, but you know what? That plays really well right now on this course, especially going two turns. So I, I don't. I think he's a plus having him on. I think this is kind of one of those sneaky jockey upgrades when it goes from Gaffleone to Castellano, and you saw the difference in the buyer. You saw the step forward. Might be the LASIK as well. And now you kind of get that light bulb angle, and, and it's one of those spots where I I think this horse has a legit shot at nine or two. I I like it. So I'm I'm using the four and the eight. Uh, I'm using the six as I mentioned up at the start. Who else are you including here as a long shot? I'm interested to see which way you're going. You called out one of them. Uh, well, not in the long shot, but War of Ages, uh, five to one is what the fourth choice. Fourth choice on the line there. Um, it is stretching out, and and the big reason I use her because I'm like, there's a there is some speed in here. I looked at possibly the one. I think the three, uh, maybe even the six. Uh, could she's going to probably be more stalking, but she has been forwardly placed before. But I think that she just might be the fastest one here, and I love that Louise Sias is going to get aboard after she won her synthetic debut by four and a half lengths. The question that I kind of can't answer here, and maybe you did earlier when you talked about it, was did Paco leave the five for the six on purpose? And maybe because Bennett, very strong at Tampa, doesn't come to Gulfstream that often, but uh, a very strong trainer in Tampa. If that's the case, I'm not worried because if you're telling me that I'm losing a jockey, but I'm getting Saez on a horse that's going to be forwardly placed in all speed, I'm going to take it. Like, I'm going to use it. But I'm curious to hear why you didn't use War of Ages quick. Well, I didn't use War of Ages because you're going to need to take a monster step forward um, to be able to to beat this deal, I think. I, you're going to need to see like probably close to a 20% improvement off of that last effort. Mm-hmm. Not sure we're really built to stretch out, um, which I think is, is kind of an issue as well. Now, I mentioned that speed isn't great two turns. Size is really the only jockey that's been riding speed well going two turns. One thing to watch for on the synthetic course is the jockeys that take the horses to the three or four path top of the lane. That's what you want to see if you're on the lead. You want them to essentially wheel out right. Imagine if you're like sitting in the pocket and you have two speed horses in front of you, and you wheel out three wide, that's what you want to do with speed horses right now, so that you take up that three path. Anyone else has to go four or five wide, and you're running on a better part of the track than on the inside. Saez has been smart enough to do that this entire meet, so his gate-to-wire winners are all winning in the three, four, five path down the lane, Um, and that's one of the reasons he's been successful. I didn't use him in this spot because I feel like Golden Bow, the three horse, has just as much speed, has an aggressive rider in Jose Ortiz Jr., um, and it's transferring over from the dirt sprinter sprints to the synth. I, I would be surprised if he doesn't fire. The other thing is war of ages didn't make the top in that race. The early time form number is really high, but didn't make the lead going 23 mm-hmm. and three. Whereas golden bow was making the lead going 23 and three and 22 and or 22 and three and 22 and four. So war of ages is going to have to be on the hustle here to be able to, to make the lead compared to golden bow. I'd be surprised if golden bow doesn't try to protect the rail, which means war of ages is now sitting too wide in a speed duel. And it sets it up for the four, the six, and the eight. And you got Ired and Luis Saez battling each other on the front, and that's not going to – if that ends up happening, that's I'm going to know pretty quickly. Well, that's a bullet that I probably lost here. <laughs> uh, but at five to one fourth choice, I feel like it's a good value. By the way, Pentelicus, the dam sire, I was like, I have never heard of that horse, so I looked it up. 11 for 37. The best thing the horse did was get graded stakes placed, and that horse became a sire. That's the that's the 80s and 90s for you in horse racing. Nowadays, it's, it's a little bit different from a sire perspective. Uh, last horse I used real quick, I'll talk about the number two, Science Fiction, at eight to one right here at the top. 
Uh, only multiple winner in the field has got two wins uh, because the claiming races aren't being counted. Uh, so she's got that straight claiming win. But she exits a, uh, exited a maiden claiming dirt win straight into a Florida bred stakes, which was on the synthetic course, and she didn't run a lick. So the question is, was she in way over her head? Was it the routing? Was it the synthetic? At 8-1, to one, I'm going to shoot a bullet on her because I think that that's a good price. I think she'll float up a little bit from there. Um, but that is a, good, a big question. But again, I'm getting 8-1 to one on a horse in this field where there's you know some different question marks and the synthetic is all over the place. So a multiple winner, I kind of want to at least hitch a wagon to her. Yeah, I don't blame you. This would have been the fourth horse I used. Um, and it, I think that this is De La Cerda, who's 18% on synthetic, showing a lot yep. of faith in the horse. Um, I, it, it seems like it, the trainer believes that this is a surface that science friction can be successful at. Um, so I, I don't blame you for this one. I don't I don't hate the play at 8 to 1. I'm a $54 ticket right now. If you want to make mine more expensive, I think it would be 72 with this. I, I would probably play. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate adding science fiction. And if one of my horses scratched out of here, that would be the next in for me. Love to hear it. Friction. Third leg of the late pick four sequence, or sorry, like, God damn it, I did it, finally. Third leg of Friday, Stronic 5 takes us to the great race place. Uh, race three at Sandy to Park. It's a uh, scratch of the six horse there, Makara, so we're going to have a field of nine three-year-old fillies sprinting six furlongs on the turf in for a $50,000 tag. Take 5000 off if you want to wait allowance. Favoritism, number five, Pretty Arena, five to two. Number seven, Artist, three to one. The Rail Horse, A Crown for Kitten, also three to one. Mike, my top pick is the one that we agree on here, and that is Pretty Rena at five to two. So would you like to talk about her first? No, she's my second pick, so you can go ahead and do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, class drop from Maiden Special Weight Company is, is cutting back in distance, getting John Velasquez aboard. All big signs. The debut for this horse was a really sneaky good effort. Mike McCarthy, the trainer, is a very low percentage first-timers. He's like about 3 percenters. So, so you usually want to see what do they do and how can we project moving forward because maybe they'll win a second out. And then second out, she just got completely taken out of the race in the far turn. It's like yep. she, eight wide. Okay, well, let's scratch that race off. Well, then last time out, they stayed in on an off-turf dirt route in the slop. Clearly hated everything about that day. I think it's funny that we're dropping here into Maiden's uh, claiming. It's slightly <laughs> concerning, Mike, but otherwise, I, this horse is... I mean, maybe the owners are their patience is just getting thin. They're like, whatever, we'll move on from her. But I think that this is a great spot for this filly. I think so too. I also think that that they're dropping in for Maiden fifty. It's not like horses get sniped out of here very often. That's true. Um, so I, I don't think that they're they're as concerned about it. And this also gives them starter allowance cre- uh, quali- uh, credibility or qualifications, whatever the yep. heck you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> if they do run in this race and end up winning it, so they can go in those fifty thousand dollars starter allowances, where this horse would probably be a. a shorter price you know three to one four to one especially mm-hmm. if they win their uh, she breaks her maiden here so i think it kind of makes sense because you, you really are, are saying hey who wants to gamble on this one you want to snipe her up or do you want to leave it leave pretty rena here and we're going to be able to have her protected for a little while after so i, I think it makes a sense from the connections um other reason i like this horse is that we're getting first time lasix which i think will probably help her on top of that i don't think we've ever seen that speed from her that i think she has um the break in the second race wasn't wonderful the first race she flashed sub 22 second speed going five furlongs at Santa Anita um I I think this might be the horse that's on the lead or at least the seven and the five are gonna be the two that are kind of bumping heads early and I wouldn't be shocked if the five is actually the faster of the two um that's one of the reasons I actually left the seven off my ticket is I think the five can take the lead from the seven and put uh, put the seven in, in a little tougher position I liked the three on top, though, here. I'm going to go with an agent mistake. Um, This is an interesting one for me. First off, I like Doug O'Neill. I I like Mm -hmm. Redham, especially turf sprinting. I think they do pretty well. A lot of times it's with square eddies. I I was kind of digging through some of the pedigrees here. And Clint Clint was one of those horses where you don't really think of him as a good sire. You actually think of him as a pretty terrible sire when you think about it. Um, He started out his career 12%, but 
uh, turf sprinting, he's actually been pretty good. He's, he's around 11%. But on top of that, highest buyer from any Clint horse is a turf sprint um, with an 85. And it was first time starter, two-year-old. So, like, I realize we're three-year-olds. So we're a little bit later in the season here. But he has shown that he can get those horses home to win early. Shown early speed with most of his horses. So I'm I'm really interested in an agent mistake, especially at three to one. I, that is the one the the uh, O'Neill that I would want. It's really the only other horse in here that I had any interest in between besides the three to five and the seven. Uh, one because I did look up an agent mistake being a debut horse in this field. I was a little curious about her breeding. Uh, she has three older siblings who have raced. None of them won on debut. However, two of them. One missed by a nose and one missed by a head in their debuts. So pretty much the her siblings are two for three a debut. I, I would count it that way. So um, you definitely have that angle going for you as well with the uh, children of Belle du Sud there. Uh, I didn't use the Ninja Mistake. This is actually my fourth horse. I went three deep here, but uh, this is the one that didn't end up making my ticket. But a lot of great angles to like, and especially if she doesn't win, uh, but doesn't you know doesn't look like complete trash on the field. I think Mike and I are both going to stable this one up for next time. Um, I did use the seven artists. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit of a chalky and weasel this race, uh, but it's Flavin Pred on the turf. I mean, how can I not take? Here's what I don't understand: the horse debuts isn't bet 26 to one debuts on the dirt, six furlong sprint, made in 75. Doesn't run a attends an early pace, cracks, falls way off the pace. Now we go to turf sprinting. And Flavian Pratt's taking them out? I mean, nothing about that first race tells you that really this horse is, is going to be something special unless you consider the fact that in that dirt sprint match, it was a very wicked pace that she was pressing inside. There isn't a lot of speed here. So I'm wondering if the seven, uh, I think, you think the five is going to beat the seven. I'm not taking a prop bet, so don't even ask me about it. But I think the seven will be a little faster out of the gate. Um, I think she's going to also have that outside edge. So if she goes with the five, I like that the seven is going to sit outside. And then you got a nice little... Duel with, with Velasquez and Pratt on the front end. Uh, last one on for me, the eight-horse Indy Star, 10-1. to 1, Taking a little bit of a flyer on this horse, but uh, she's taking a class drop, and not just in the race conditions, but in competition. The two horses who beat her, who won those races, they're Bafferts, who are top Kentucky Oaks contenders if they're eligible to actually win the Kentucky Oaks. So she's faced big monsters. Now, the monsters destroyed her, but <laughs> I like the fact that we're going to change things up a little bit. Erton's going to move her to the turf. The big concern... This is a sprint race, and she is slow as balls out yep. of the gate sometimes. <laughs> so as long as new jockey Tyler Bays is ready for a good six furlong arm workout, this horse is going to be ready to go. Ten to one, we're making some changes here. I'm going to take a shot. Yeah, the eight I, I think is an interesting swing. The eight and the one kind of were similar to me where it's like, I just don't trust you because you're going to be so far back in a quick sprint here uh, that I'm, I'm just not sure you're going to be able to make up the ground. The seven, Mohamed hasn't produced a turf sprint winner yet, 0 for 4. It's pretty bad. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm a little concerned on that front. Obviously, four is a pretty small sample size. But the high buyer of those four horses was 41. That's a four and a one. <laughs> that's not good. So I'm um, slightly concerned about that. That's that's one of the main reasons, although Pratt on is obviously a great angle uh, at Santa Anita. Can't blame you for that one. But I think this horse is going to get over bet because Pratt takes the, takes them out. Yeah. And I'd rather take a swing against this horse and, and save my bullets for other places, especially since I, since I think Pretty Rain is a pretty good pretty good favorite in this spot. Let's move. I agree with you on that one. Uh, it's definitely a good favorite. Let's move on the fourth leg of the Stronic Five on Friday, heading back to Gulfstream. We're going to go on the dirt, and this is the race anyone's going to really care about on Friday. Race yep. nine for Gulfstream. Ten three-year-olds going a one-turn dirt mile. This is an optional claimer, not much of one other than event, but... There are multiple horses who could come out of this race and go to the Kentucky Derby Trail, including the numbers uh, three American icon. He's your seven to five favorite. You also have, if you want to play Pletchers, you've got two of them. Ironworks, another debut Pletcher winner. You got the My Racehorse money. Irad is going to ride seven to two second choice. 
I singled American Icon. You didn't. So uh, take it away. You want to talk about American Icon? You want to talk about the other horses you use? Go for it. Yeah, I mean, look, American Icon uh, clearly should be the favorite, is going to be the favorite, um, and, and could be awfully tough in this spot to beat. You had Happy Boy Rocket went out of that race. The horse was even about even money, a little over even money, and was just kind of ridden out. We never really saw all that American Icon could give. This is one of those horses that definitely could have a future. But look, Ironworks is a horse that I heard about before it debuted. I talked to Magic about this before the draft, that we should draft yep. Ironworks as a maiden, uh, as an unraced horse, mm-hmm. um, and Magic poo-pooed on my Ironworks draft pick. When uh, Gilded Age wins at Aqueduct this weekend, we will be redeemed. I'm telling you, if Ironworks wins here, I'm going to be a little salty this wasn't our fifth-round pick. <laughs> Especially when we lose the shake on, on Tuesday yeah. next week. Yeah, yeah. When, we, yeah. when we lose – yeah, that, that's the other part of it that probably is going to piss me off. But uh, I think Ironworks is one of those horses that you shouldn't sleep on. I think the fact that you have Ortiz on Ironworks also tells you that this horse is good. They believe this horse is, is ready to roll. Um, so I, I'm using both the three and the six. Since I'm going too deep, I added a third horse here. Um, and that was Graphic Detail on the inside, who I think is going to get completely ignored. Look, Graphic Detail did nothing wrong, looked very good, and beat a track bias at Belmont on November 6th. Okay, He was able to close in a, a track that just wasn't allowing people to close. Steps up to the Mucho Macho Man and just kind of gets run off his feet a little bit, but still not a bad performance overall. Um, I am interested to see what this horse has coming back. I'm interested to see if this horse runs as well. This horse may scratch out because he's also mm-hmm. entered for February 5th, uh, which I believe is Sunday, right? So the swale stakes on Saturday. So we'll see if we end up in the swale or if we're going to end up here in this tough allowance. I wouldn't be shocked if they scratch out of the tough allowance for the swale. Mm-hmm. But if we stay in here and we're willing to face these two, I have a feeling graphic detail is pretty good. And this is a practical joke that sold for 320000 at sale. Um, I, I love me some practical joke. The horse is up by a Dixie Union mare on the bottom side. I, I mean, this should be a very, very good horse. So if if graphic detail decides to stay in this race, I think it's all systems go. And there's enough speed in here that I think it could set up for someone to come from off the pace, especially if American Icon takes any type of regression here. Well, and a couple of things working in your favor. Uh, getting first time Lasix here as a three first time or second time as a three year old, first time in a non stakes as a three year old. Uh, and you just talked when we had our last Gulfstream discussion. Who do you want on a horse that loves to run four wide more than Javier Castellano? This horse has been four wide every time, Mike. Let's put Castellano on. Maybe like that's it. the uh, the difference maker here. Uh, and, and also, I like that it's a one turn mile. You got being by practical joke. You kind of want to let's keep it a little yeah. shorter distance, at least early there. Um, the other, and I don't hate your, your your picks there. If I was going to use a second one, I'd actually go just to his outside and go with the number yeah. two in due time. This is a son of not this time out of a Curlin mare who is running beyond six furlongs for the first time. This, kind of like what I talked with Laurel, but this horse actually possibly having talent, tells me that this horse is going to be uh, a potentially really good. I'll also clue you in. Edge racing, that's my racehorse's like elite brand. If you want to have like a minimum 10% ownership in a horse through my racehorse, you actually go through edge racing. So my racehorse has two horses in this field. You've got Ironworks, and you've got in due time in this spot. Uh, different trainers, so I understand why they would both show up in this spot. But I really think that in due time could be sitting on a big one. I don't know that he's good enough to win, to beat both of the Pletchers here. But watch this horse moving forward, man. I don't, I don't hate it either. That was the other one I was looking at. It was the one and the two that were kind of the last on my ticket here. And they were the ones I was going back and forth between. I think either of them could step up here. And I, I just... With Pletcher having two in here, that really it's a head scratcher, man. Like I don't understand why you have two in this spot. If you're if you're putting both of them or wheeling both of them toward the derby, having them face each other in allowance just uh, I yeah, especially when you have a stakes race this weekend with points. Like what what is American Icon doing in here and not there? 
<laughs> why is like it does i'm there's just enough question marks for me yeah maybe maybe they roll maybe they do but maybe they don't <laughs> right there's enough question marks at seven to five and the horse will be bet down from that because of all the steam this horse has gotten since his debut uh, I, I i understand what you're saying there um it's you also you would start why didn't go straight into stakes do you remember prime factor what did we do with prime factor last year big old splashy debut win in december let's go straight to the state <laughs> We're taking it easy. We're yeah. going to relax a little bit okay. and actually break. But to your oh. point, Tampa is just across town, and Pletcher loves to send horses for allowance races over there. You couldn't find a Pletcher or an allowance race for Ironworks or American Icon there. I get what you're saying. Real, I mean, Emmanuel just ran over there. Real yeah. quick, what, what type of talent, though, was Prime Factor? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, so <laughs> let's, not, let's not judge the, the, the previous past. If, if this horse is that good, they can take on stakes company right now. Prime Factor wasn't good. That was the problem, not the progression route that we took. Uh, let's move on to the fifth and final leg of the Fresh Stronic Fire and talk about horses that maybe aren't as good as they originally thought when they were born. Uh, Golden Gate Fields raced three on their card, a five and a half furlong synthetic sprint that attracted 10 older males, non winners of two lifetime, in for $4,000 tags. Potential derby trail freak to this. Horse racing. This is fun. Favoritism. Eight uh, horse bourbon with a twist at two to one. He loves to hit the board. 14 starts, just one win, but seven additional times in the money. He's seven for nine hitting the board at Golden Gate. But do you want to play him to win? Short price. I don't know. Where'd you go on top? God. I went to a price on top here. Uh, I went to the nine horse. Big Irish eyes. Um, Yeah, it's a little, you know, getting a a little creative on this one. Look. Scroll down here. Yeah, see, this is only the second time this horse has been at the $4,000 level. Last time out, we did this before the break. It just seemed like we needed one there. The horse had late interest in the race. It was 3-1 to one on that day, ends up running in seventh. But if you go back and look at what this horse has raced prior to that, so broke its maiden over here, Golden Gate, in $25,000 maiden claimer, stepped up to $50,000 uh, allowance, drops down to claimer, steps up back up to $50,000 allowance, then faces 12-5 claimers. Kind of runs an okay race in all these different races, but hasn't really gotten back to that synthetic sprint, sprinting where it broke its maiden um, against anywhere near a level that I think is appropriate outside of that one 4,000 NL2, N2L. But that was at the end of the campaign. It was the last of eight races. Horse kind of seemed a little bit out of it by then. I'm willing to give this horse a chance off the layoff. If we can take any type of step forward, this horse's numbers already fit with this group. I mean, it's not like you need to take any massive step forward. And this is late. Like, they st- they they... Wrap this one up September 5th, 2021. We're debuting, what, five months later, six months later here? I mean, this is a fresh horse just off the farm. It's going to have every chance to run a big effort. On top of that, plays right into what you want to do here. I mean, you've got a ton of speed in this spot. I think that you're going to want someone from off the pace. And yeah, it's five and a half furlongs. And I know it's hard to close in five and a half, especially at this level. And blibbity bobbity blue. But I do think that a horse from off the pace has a slight advantage here. And if I take the best horse from off the pace, I think it's the nine big Irish eyes. So um, I use the nine on top. The eight was one of the other horses I used just because logically bourbon with a twist makes a ton of sense in this spot. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I, I like, I almost just used those two, but I did end up going three deep. Uh, we have the same opinion on bourbon with a twist. We both went three deep. And unfortunately for me, this is the only one to agree on. And I say that because if you're following along with how Mike does, especially at NHC, <laughs> He tends to do really well at Golden Gate, and so when we're completely almost opposite sides here in a race, it makes me pretty nervous. But at least we like the favorite, and although that's not the one I wish we agreed on. <laughs> um, I will also add uh, two points on Big Irish Eyes. One, as uh, our friend of the show, Caleb Keller, says, uh, you are contractually obligated if you have a horse by Mr. Big to put the word Big in the na- horse's name, so Big Irish Eyes. But also the trainer, Terso Rivera, five starters so far at the meet. No wins, no seconds, but five-thirds. 
You can't do that if you try. Like that's yeah. that tells me we're, the horses are running well. Maybe the multiple horses are coming from off breaks. I'm not sure, but you've got you've got a barn that's clicking along and only 32 starters last year, but six wins. It's a 19 win percentage. All good signs. Uh, all that to say, I didn't use the horse, but um, <laughs> but good signs for you. It's a question of how does the horse come back from the layoff. Yeah. And for me, being a small trainer here, I was a little concerned about it. Yeah, you don't have, I mean, it's it's 0 for 1 off this type of layoff. So you really don't have much of a stat right. line either. You don't, you're not really, I mean, 0 for 1 is like, well, that's, 1 for 1 would be that much better? I mean, yeah, obviously 100% is better than 0%, but in one sample size, it's not that that really telling long-term of how a trainer's going to do. And uh, hopefully we get a big run. So I, I use the 8 and the 9 to start out. Who was your, did, was the 8 your top pick if you have someone else on top? No, I, I actually went with the 5 Minsky at 9 to 2. Uh, last out, watch that race on December 26th. So that horse was loaded, and there was just so much traffic blocking in this horse, and not the, not the best ride. Couldn't get going. Finally, wheels out and gets going, and, and finishes strongly. Um, but that, that, if you watch, the horse was just struggling and struggling. And it's like that horse could have exploded. I don't know if it would have won, but definitely could have uh, fought for second. And speaking of which, second place horse won next out. So that tells me that for this level, the, ho- the horse is doing very well and, and can contend. But I love that 47 and two bullet work on January 29th. When do you see 4K non-winners of two lifetime? burned 47 and two on synthetic in a workout. I mean, that's nuts. And that part of me is almost worried that that's claim bait, that they're trying to get somebody to take this horse off. And they just, they put a, a race into the horse in a workout to make you go, Hey, 4,000 for a horse that's going that fast. And you get it in the horse's junk. So that's the one concern I have, but otherwise I, I really like the horse here. What about the workout before it? 47 flat bullet workout going four furlongs over synthetic. It is totally claim bait. <laughs> that is what that screams, right? Because if, you also have this horse coming out of like obvious trouble last time. Why did they leave this horse at the four thousand dollar level too? Why aren't we at the like sixty two five where you claimed it? I mean, to Good me, there's just there's there, and I don't disagree. I think Minsky is a horse that's one hundred percent playable here. Could totally win this race. Um, and the owner is the, the people that claimed it. It also train it, so the trainer claimed this horse. I'm just surprised this horse showed back up at four thousand if they thought that that race was really the version of this horse <laughs> that we're going to get. Right? I mean, that was that was yeah. to me one of the bigger concerns, and so. I just didn't want to take this horse when I felt like we had to run that race again to beat this field, which totally could happen. Um, but I just I had enough enough concerns not to take the five. But I, I don't I don't I wouldn't talk anyone off the five either. Uh, last horse I use is gonna be the six, just is outside Lucas McCain for Isidro Tomeo, another uh, trainer who partially owns the horse. Uh, it's a very fast horse early. He has on the rail the last two, and I feel like that kind of compromised him trying to sprint from the rail, uh, especially two back. Got a lot of pressure early. You see that there was he never got a comfortable lead and ends up falling off and finishing last. I think is with him being drawn outside, Mike. I'm hoping that's the difference maker here. Uh, being outside, he won't get you know if no pace pressure to his outside, very little pace pressure to his outside. And Tameo at these low level claiming events at Golden Gate. It's a risky proposition betting against him, just like it is with Jonathan Wong. You can do it, and when you do it correctly, you can make, usually get a lot of value, make some money. To me, I think this is a spot I've got to use to Mayo. Yeah, it just, to me, it was Bourbon with a twist beating him twice in a row. That made it, it tough for me to put him on the ticket here. By the way, did you notice who beat him two back? You mean, wait. Oh, beat, Pozo Creek? Yeah, that was the horse that uh, was the next out winner in Minsky's race last time. Minsky. The what? five horse. Oh, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, he exited. He so he won Minsky's last race in December to to beat Lucas McCain in that spot. Thank you. I was the sorry. The lines were not connecting there, but I got you now. 
And it's interesting, that was a 62-5 race. So they did move up the second place horse out of that 4,000 claimer, who then went on to win a 65 claimer. So yeah, I mean, again, and that horse beat Bourbon with a twist, but obviously Minsky finished behind that horse. So I, I just think Bourbon with a twist kind of covers both of these horses. Um, <clears throat> I went to the two horse, Magic Tiger is my last horse in here. Um, also lost to Bourbon with a twist last time out, but was a dollar seventy favorite against Bourbon with a twist last time out, which I think is kind of interesting. We're dropping down from the twenty, uh, the six thousand two hundred fifty level to the four thousand dollar level, so just a slight drop in class. The race two back is good enough to win this. The race four back is by far good enough to win this. <laughs> yeah. Um, the race five back probably good enough to win this. Getting five to one, um, and this is the other Jamie Thomas horse, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting as well, since the five four the five horse is a, a Jamie Thomas horse as well. Uh, so it's interesting for him to have two in here and we're using you're using one i'm using the other um we'll see how that one ends up but yeah i ended up going here two eight nine in this spot my one concern and i looked at the two a lot my one concern is kind of what i liked about the six being drawn outside i don't like that the two is going to be inside that race two back could win this the race two back the horse was drawn outside all of the other speed and could stalk i i'm a little nervous that what happened last time uh where he was pressing the pace and was still outside but uh fell off of it i'm a little worried that'll happen but uh, otherwise, you know, it's it, another Jamie Thomas owns this horse partially too. So, uh, listen, if Jamie Thomas wins this race, one of us is going to cash. We just don't know who that'll be. I oh, mean, this is, this is interesting. This is, this is a, a tough golden gate race. It's kind of, we talked about that last race on, on Saturday was a tough race. Like this is another one we like, you have a clear favorite in the eight horse, right? But it doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily end up with the eight winning here. I, I think this is a, one of those tough races from golden gate that you could go four five, six different directions. They kind of trade off the winner's circle with each other. Um, where you're going to see, you know, one horse will win this, then the, another horse will win. They'll face each other at the N3L level, and then the other horse will win. It's just, it's, it's a back and forth type group here. It reminds me of the, uh, it's like a much worse version of the California older dirt, like handicap division, where it's just like, God, they just, like, speaking of which, we got Express Train as a way too low of a price favorite in the San Pasquale this weekend. Like, all right, he's going to lose. Which one of the other donkeys yeah. is going to beat him in that stupid race? And then that horse will be favored next time out. And that right. horse will lose. <laughs> and, that's, and that's when you play Express Train, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, damn, I was going to see if I could make a Magic Tiger work on my ticket. It's just a little too much. But for Dr. Tang, uh, which, by the way, all the feedback that we got from Mike's show, which was great. I appreciate everybody joining us. All the feedback I got was not how nice it was or how great it was to hear from. It was Dr. Tang in his damn, like, in his scrubs, coming like taking a break from curing cancer to talk about Mike and NHC. That was by far the biggest feedback I got from that show. <laughs> it's it's a blast to play with him, man. It's so much fun. It's, it's it was hilarious to see Doctor Tang in the full doctor outfit there, just got you know getting some work done, curing cancer while talking about NHC. <laughs> that's gonna do episodes of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to go through the Stronic Five. That's on Friday, February fourth. Again, if you missed it at the top of the show, just remind you: dollar minimum, twelve percent, extremely low takeout, full pool payout as long as somebody hits the ticket. So lots of reasons to love this. Also, it starts and ends within about an hour, hour and a half. So uh, it's a very quick. It's quicker than a football game. You can figure out if whether you won or not. If you're watching us live or you're taking a look on the replay, thanks for joining us. Take a look down below. We've got our tickets here. I'll go ahead and start with mine for a dollar minimum. Remember, I'm gonna go one. Seven with two four five eight with five seven eight singling American icon and then five six eight that is a seventy two dollar ticket. I'm a little more expensive than you, Mike. Yeah, I'm gonna single to start this out. I'm taking the seven with four six eight with three five with one three six with two eight nine for a buck. That'll cost you fifty four dollars. I'm afraid this might not pay that much. 
I, well, and, and we both were kind of playing it that way, a little chalkier. We're, we're using bourbon with a twist. We both are. Our horse is going to be a lot lower than two to one in that spot. So uh, we'll see what goes out. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, by the way. I'm at Chris Colored. He's at Selma Bomb 18, number one, number eight. And the reason I say that, other than just we're amazing follows, and if you're not doing it, that we'll, we'll brighten up your day when you follow us. But as Mike said, one of the horses he was going to use in the American Icon race might run Saturday instead. So if you want to know who Mike is going to use instead, uh, who he's going to replace, how his ticket move around, you follow us on Twitter. We put out the, the final tickets if there are any changes, so that way you can get all the information. Uh, Mike, it's going to be a fun weekend. We've got, I mentioned that the Holy Bull Stakes is kind of the crowning race over at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, but we have the Holy Bull Wagering Guide available at racingnews.com. If you played last weekend's Pegasus World Cup Wagering Guide, you've got a ton of money to burn, especially to the live bankroll article. Don't have the live bankroll article for this one, but there is still plenty of good win picks in here. You can see whoever, uh, all the horses who Aaron likes to win on the day. So uh, great information. We've also got previews for the Withers Stakes and the Holy Bull. If you want Aaron and Jared's in-depth thoughts about those races. We did have Oakland previews. I spent all day yesterday working on these wonderful Oakland previews that are now junk because they canceled. But I know. I understand, though. Listen, take care of everybody. And I like that we said preemptively, look, Friday, Saturday, Sunday's off the table, and it's not even the weekend yet. It'd be nice if other tracks took that initiative, but at least we appreciate uh, Oakland doing that. And then, of course, if you uh, my single in that race, American Icon, uh, Aaron did this video with me a long time ago after he won his debut where we talked about American Icon and, and what is his potential as a three-year-old. So you can check that out over at RacingDudes.com and then RacingDudes.com slash sports. Well, we're switching over to the NCAA basketball, March Madness coming upon us, and the NBA. And dudes who bet sports, talking basketball and nonsense, that's a pretty apt title, actually, Aaron. I'm pretty, it was a fun show, but there was a lot of nonsense as tends to go, tends to go on in those shows. Click on, click on free NHL picks. Free NHL picks. Oh, yeah, this is great, too. Thanks. I'm glad you're <laughs> taking over. No, my we're all with it. So Aaron, Aaron, Mike, Magic, when he was doing this before, we were all picking it. So Magic, uh... for, Magic got off the train. He forgot to do it. Sorry. <laughs> Get back on the train. I'm trying well, there's no games today. That's why you can't see anything. But, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. But the, every, every day, every game, uh, uh, Papa Dude, Aaron, and I are all playing uh, playing NHL picks. So definitely check that out. Have a little fun with it if you want to play some NHL. Um, where's this widget at? There we go. Okay, sorry. We're on the old computer. But this is something that Dudes Who Bet Sports has shown in their live streams, but something that uh, a new feature that we're very excited about. Our friends at TallySite helping put this together for our website. This awesome widget where we can log in and we can make our picks, and then it just populates right here. Uh, so you can see very clearly, we think this is a really great design. TallySite, a, a wonderful job kind of designing the look here. It's very simple, but you can go through and you can see who everybody likes. This is the NBA picks, but this exact same look is how it is for the NHL, for the NFL when it was on the college basketball. So uh, just imagine there's a column here, Mike Samich's beautiful smiling face and all of his NHL picks uh, going down the side of it. But yeah, this is a lot of fun. Racingnews.com slash sports. We've got all of these free picks that are up there. Uh, Aaron tells you at the top how he's been doing on some of them. Well, he doesn't have the NBA one, but his NHL one has been very strong. He was, uh, I think he said 270 and 273 and 206. So you want to make some money betting NHL uh, when the All-Star break is, is over with. Uh, check back. Aaron's going to have you covered here and Mike and maybe me. You also have records on the bottom of those grids. So you can see how everyone's doing that week. Uh, so you can kind of ride whatever the hot hand is that week and see how everybody's doing if you want to check it out. Yeah, I'm lots of the NFL back because I expect that we will all be forced to do that for every NFL game. And that would be awfully fun to kind of keep it going through the whole season. 
I have a feeling, uh, we haven't floated this to it to each other yet, but I have a feeling we'll have some sort of a tournament or something like that. And maybe we can get, you know, get the fans involved. We'll get to work on something with that. If you, there's enough interest, um, we'll publicly post our picks and the fans will do like a little side tournament. If you're a subscriber, maybe we have a little tournament, see week to week and overall against the spread, who's the best or maybe our own little super book contest with a much smaller buy-in. I like it. <laughs> That's over at racingnews.com and racingnews.com slash sports. Thank you so much for joining Mike and I uh, to go through the Stronic 5. Uh, make sure you go to racingnews.com. Again, the inside track to the Holy Bull Stakes wagering guide is available. Plenty of Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks coverage at youtube.com slash racingdudes. Make sure you subscribe to that one. Mike and I will be back on Monday to talk about everything that happened this weekend. Lots of Derby and Oaks action, so we'll have plenty to talk about. But until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Thanks so much for joining us, Mike. I hope your voice is better by, by uh, Monday, buddy, because it is... Uh, whew, Slowly peeking up there. We'll get there. We'll see you guys next time. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. Death, taxes, and Magic Mike on Monday.